This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. From Off the Rails Friday to Freaky Friday, a total role reversal from Game 1 to Game 2. Yes, Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, David Sisboomba, Derek Brandale, Sammy Happy McKee. I mean, yeah. I, I think we all needed that, fellas. We back up. I'm thrilled. <laughs> it's just, it, okay. It was, it was more of a relief than excitement. I, have, I had 5-2. I only missed it by a couple. Not bad. Not bad. You I had didn't. overtime? No, Sammy did. Sammy, I, you I had overtime? I, I four four two, I you had 4-2? Yeah. But a complete turnaround. Two games. Can you ever recall in Stanley Cup history seeing two shellackings like that on opposite sides to open up a series? No. Um, that was a absolute butt-kicking, uh, to say it politely. But I did write today, and one of the things I mentioned is like, we haven't we have very little to go on so far in terms of analysis because they haven't played well at the same time. They haven't played well overlapping for like more than ten minutes of two games so far. It's been a very strange series in that way. Tampa was awful last night, but the least to d- deserve every bit of credit for putting him in that position. In about fifty minutes, Doug McLean, former NHL president, general manager, head coach, will be joining us. Chris Ken, uh, Kren from uh, Tampa Bay, beat writer for the NHL.com. Maybe he can give us some insight on his thoughts on Victor Hedman and whether or not we'll see him as early as this weekend. You hear anything in Game Three? Now nah, we'll get into it. All Don't right, worry. All right, all right, all right. Don't worry your little pretty head. Well, all right. Oh, I'm worrying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Let's get right into it. Sheldon Keep with our first Kippers Clipper on what the heck changed. Yeah, it was a great response. Couldn't ask for a better start. Obviously, to earn the power play to begin with and and then to shoot at the net right away like that. I thought just our overall focus and execution, I thought, was really sharp tonight. In that, in that first period, we scored, scored a power play goal, killed two penalties, uh, scored... Uh, a goal on six on five situation, scored a goal off a face off. You know, so the players I thought were really good today and in all those situations I just described. I mean that's Spencer Carberry, Dean Chenoweth, Manny Maholtra getting the team prepared in all those areas and then the players executing. So uh you know, and then you know, from there I thought we took care of the game well and got better in the second period even. Not the first time we ever heard him shout out the assistant coaches by name. I don't remember him ever doing that before. I feel like he does it when he's talking about the power play. Yeah. The penalty kill. He'll be pretty, he's pretty willing to give Carberry or uh, Car- yeah. Carberry. Yeah. yeah. Spencer, he's usually pretty good to give him some credit for that. But yeah, it doesn't do it often. So much like Toronto in game one, the Lightning never gave themselves a chance. Yeah. Truly. Opening face off. We said it. Obviously, people listen. Maybe even the coaching staff. Get your horses out there. Yeah. Let them lead. Draw a penalty. What? First horses. 30 seconds. Can I tell you my favorite part of that is Marner gets the puck. They get the puck back. They give it to Marner. And last game, everything went in and they chased Tampa. They chased the play all night. 
He holds on for a second. He makes a pass underneath to Giordano. Everyone had time to build speed. They get in on the four check. Like that leads to the eventual turnover, the penalty. It was that poison patience. Great first shift. Tampa Bay seemed to have uh, control of that uh, that opening. And was it Kalorn who put the backhand that Mitch intercepted? Was uh, it Kalorn? Yeah, I'm not sure who did. Who I thought it was, was Cole. Was it Cole? Or was it, was it I think it was Cole Ian to Cole. Kalorn. You're talking about the Kalorn. very first play? Yeah, like yeah, the, the, yeah the one that drew yeah. the penalty. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure who it was. It was just a horrific play. It was a pizza. Morgan oh, Riley yeah. should give him his Pizzaville sponsorship. You know, but that's Mitch, right? You can say everything you want about Mitch's skill level, but the thing that stands out is the hockey IQ. For sure. To wait for it, to intercept it, his, t- his impeccable timing drives the penalty. And Wasn't the only one last night from him. He had multiple... Great Listen, reads. You, you guys know how I feel. I mean, he we is do. the engine. He is the MVP. He is he is their best player. He 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 really Can took it just over. Can just be that he played really great last night? It he, doesn't have to be versus Justin, the other it. player. Say it. He's he's their best player. He's, I would never say, say that. It. He's better than Austin Matthews. It's just such an an insane personal thing you have to make it about. I can say that about Connor McDavid. I can say that about Nathan McKinnon. He is the. If he doesn't go, they don't go. He is that important. All right. No. Can we get back to the hockey game? Sammy? What? Is he not their most important player? Uh, oh, my God. I think he is one of their most important okay. players. We do no not agree. Absolutely. And He's been their best player this year. But I don't think he is their best player. I, 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 just my optics Fair. Of, of watching him. We yeah. know that. Yes. <laughs> so where were you on uh, Tavares? Best game as a Leaf? Certainly up there. I mean, I, for the veteran guys to come through in that game, to me, it's it's Tavares, it's O'Reilly, and it's Morgan Riley. You know, the three of them, the older guys where you worry about, you know, are these guys overpaid? Are they whatever? I, just a fantastic leadership game from those guys. That It's just response, pop, just direction, intent, just taking over a game. That's what I saw from the, from their stars. John Tavares, right into his strengths, right? Mm-hmm. In front of the net, yep. that radius, that ability to uh, get yourself open. Morgan Riley jumps in. Never skated ba- better this year. No, four assists. I think that tied a Maple Leaf record for most assists in a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Um, should we listen to Sheldon on Morgan? We do have that Yeah, one. let's yeah. do that. I thought the line was... Yeah, I have to watch it all back because I mean I know I think he ended up with four assists tonight, so obviously he's contributing greatly. Um, the play that he made on Tavares's goal in the second period that, that goes from three one to four one, he you know he he jumps uh, up the weak side and joins the rush, gives Willie another option. To me, that's Morgan at his best offensively when he's jumping in like that. Uh, it's a, that's a big time play that initiative there, to, and then ultimately leads to that goal, which is. A game-changing goal, right? I mean, you take it from 3-1 to 4-1, um, and uh, that's a big moment in the game <clears throat> there for us. And then I just thought defensively, too. I thought he and Shen were real good, but Mo was, had tight gaps that he killed plays quickly, uh, helped us break the puck out, you know. So uh, it, was, it was a good effort, you know, again, by Hamley. He's certainly, again, another one of those key guys for us that needs to have a, a big response game, and he certainly did. Morgan Riley becomes the fourth player in Leaf history uh, with four assists in a playoff game in the first since Doug Gilmore, 1994. I, I thought Morgan Riley gave the Leafs everything no one on Tampa could. 
Like it just, he was doing everything for them in terms of one man breakout, making the right reads, lugging the puck up the ice, just getting the puck out of the, his own zone and mm-hmm. taking it the right way. And just to juxtapose that against Tampa, who had no hope of being able to do it the whole night with their decor. So I thought Morgan Riley was brilliant last night. I basically feel bad about all the conversations we had. Kipper, you saying, remember? Why, talk- why do you feel bad? Because Are you allowed hard to on- go through the whole season and be subpar and then have a great game and it's all made up? No, no it's just because he's been good for them. Not like in that the, good. In the play- he that's was, best- he's not been that good. That might be the best game of his life. Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I don't know if he's ever played better than that, but he has been good for them in the playoffs before in years past where he's been a key contributor for them. And I know they've only played seven games, but I just – I. I feel bad for some of the stuff that I've said about him over the year when you remember what he can play like in the playoffs. He's a different guy in the playoffs. He really is. For sure. And, you know, welcome timing, uh, obviously, just getting his feet moving. But you've had criticisms, and I have too, about his picking a spot. Yeah. And knowing when it's time to go and when it's not yeah. time to go. Yeah. And I thought that was the thing he did he, best he, last he, night. He, he did have a horrific giveaway there on the uh, on the turnover uh, that Which led one? to Corey Perry going in all alone, but he lost it on the forehand. Do you remember that one? Right think, at the start of the fir- third period. Yeah. Yeah. Which was is not great. You yeah. know, but th- those are the things that kind of were highlighted a lot more during the regular season. Sure. Um, but that, that was the only blemish of the whole night. Yeah. And, and maybe out of 20 of them, not just Morgan himself, very little mistakes out there. Yeah. You know, the uh, coming out the way they did, and I also think that the points that the superstars have got, everything has put them in a pretty good position here where, and I said this yesterday, I, I, you love the stars to not feel like they have to press to get their cookies. We talk about their cookies and getting their stats all the time. Yes. Like for Riley, that should take some pressure off him. If he's worried about contributing offensively, no one has to, Tavares too, you don't have to force it. And hopefully everyone can play within themselves and let the game come to them a little bit now. I expect things to get a little tighter in Tampa Bay than it's been so far. Lots been made out of Ryan O'Reilly, Tavares, second line guys, play together, not play together. Since the trade of Ryan O'Reilly, the thought was Austin, Tavares, Ryan O'Reilly in the third hole. And and we saw it when it counted last night. Yeah. And it looked good. Well, what's so crazy is that third line last night, Nyes. Uh, O'Reilly and Achari, none of those guys were on this hockey team eight weeks ago. You know, Mm. go back to the middle of February or whatever it was, whenever they got them, maybe not even that long ago. And they suddenly feel like they found something. Like, Nye skates so well and can create. O'Reilly's so reliable. Achari has this heavy element. Like, that's a third line that you can play in almost any situation. Last night, they controlled the play. Nine shots to one for the Leafs when that line was on the ice. I mean, a significantly different look for them that I don't think there's any chance they would go back to loading up now in the second I, line. I joined uh, the morning show the, uh, today at 7 with uh, Justin Cuthbert and Ailish, and Cuthbert said to me something that just really stuck out. I thought it was a great point that it's just, I don't remember a more consistent player than Ryan O'Reilly. Every shift looks exactly the same. Like, there's no, there's no cheat ever with him in terms of just responsible defensively. Yeah. Great in the offensive zone, below the dots. Just he is a consistent, consistent player. Every and, shift looked exactly the same. And I think a key guy from that key. transformation from game one to game two. Mm-hmm. That guy 
set the tone as early as his post-game comments. And I talked about them the other day. It's not sometimes what you say, it's how you say it. Uh, and it, he had conviction in his voice. Yeah. And, you know, there's other factors too. I think that, uh, you know, if they would have had a game like they did to open up this series and maybe game five or game six, you'd be a lot more nervous. Actually getting what we think might be their worst game of the series over in one and then having the experience that they've had the last four or five years of being knocked out and having your skin a little thicker and yeah. more scar tissue there, I think also helped them come back. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Why don't we listen to Keith talk about that line and we can, I got something else on that. I thought the line was terrific. Um, you know, we'll watch it all back and everything, but it just felt to me like they were in the offensive zone or at least out of trouble a lot. Um, and not in particular, you know, he gets, he gets, uh, takes a penalty in the first period, you know, uh, but I, I thought he skated well. It's hard on the puck. He made a couple great offensive plays. So it's, it's, a, it's a real good performance for him. And, you know, O'Reilly and Charlie, they were just, they were, they were, they were real, real pros tonight. And just how they took care of him and how they took care of the game when they were out there. And that's probably a way that Tampa missing two of their key D-man can show up is that guys who aren't maybe the fleetest of foot like O'Reilly last night. I think he led the team with five um, inner slot shots. Him and Tavares both had five. You know, like, the, they looked really good. Yeah, you know, one of the ways that they could expose Tampa's D. I thought missing those guys was as glaring as you possibly could have expected it. They couldn't break a puck out. Watching the Leafs lose six years in a row in the first round. Yeah. The one thing that I could never say in those six years that I could say last night is they've got a heavy line now. Mm -hmm. And that is Ryan O'Reilly, Nyes, and Achari. I see heaviness there. Achari's made of granite. Which he I've, runs into everything. Which I, I saw out of, over the years, Kalorn, Palat. Yep. Let's not forget Palat's not there too. It's big. Okay? Yeah. We talk about Ryan. One of their most clutch guys they had. I think, right? yeah, maybe he has the most yeah. game winners we, over we there. We talk about yeah. McDonough. That guy plays heavy yeah. too for them over the years. And I'm watching Nyes last night. And, yeah, there's signs of nervousness. Right, and there's signs of an experience, but what what Nice can do now for the Leafs, Yarncroft can't, right? Kerfoot can't, he can create his own shot, and Bunting can't, and that is come off a wall and drive it to the net with that heaviness that I just spoke of, like already. I don't care. Five games in. Yeah, Kerfoot and Yarncroft, they can't do that. That's yeah. they, they can't do that down low like this guy can do it now. It's interesting. Like it's, you know, we, we joked about, you know, old number 58 watching that and probably didn't love it. Probably didn't love his chance. I'm sure watching a game where your team wins 7-3 in the playoffs and you're suspended and the guy that comes in and replaces you is looking like that. Probably Listen, pretty, some mixed like emotions. Win, but yeah, mixed emotions yeah. for sure. You just go through a little bit of a, you know, social media right now, and so many Leaf fans going, well, "What do you? Well, it's, he can't, he can't come out of the lineup, and you know, 
what do you do with bunting now? And first of all, take a deep breath. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Bunting still suspended for two games, which in the Stanley Cup playoffs, can I remind people, is like an eternity, two yeah. games. Yeah. Like anything can happen. People get hurt. People get sick. Uh, they might be dying for him to come back. Who knows what, yeah. what uh, game four will look like. So true. Right? Yep, 100%. And, you know, a pretty good player. It just, you know, let's say that Toronto plays well for a couple of games here. They'll definitely have some decision on their hands. And, you know, as you mentioned, maybe that's, it's not even worth getting there that's, yet. That's still two games away, and that's him being contemplating a game five scenario. Yeah. Like... We're watching now, and look at Tampa Bay now. The big story. No Victor Hedman, no Chernak last night. Did the Leafs take advantage of it? A hundred percent they did. Which, thank God, they did. So, oh, by the way, Nyes has played four games as a Leaf, and he's beat Tampa Bay, Florida, the Rangers, and Tampa Bay. That's, that's his experience right. as a Leaf. So is this a time to talk about what you know about Hedman? Anything on Hedman? I don't know much about Hedman. I, I Everybody tells me it's a knee injury, whether or not it's uh, an old one, a new one. Everybody keeps pointing to the thick, the, a suspect, a suspected knee situation. Okay. Listen, I don't expect to see him on the weekend. Really? I told you guys I, I didn't yeah. see him la- playing last night. I don't see him playing on the weekend. I cannot believe for one second you can go all but – Six minutes in game one, not see the light, uh, light of day in, in game two and be ready in what, you know, 30 hours. We always said that about the muzzle injuries that were so bad that the non-contact ones were the ones we, you, that worried you the most, right? Where something just went, yeah. you know, that's, that's always concerning. Uh, Cooper weighed in on them being without Hedman. Do you want to listen to yes. Cooper on Hedman? Okay. Yeah, it is what it is. Obviously, we oh, everyone Cooper in this room on knows how important. Listen, this has nothing <laughs> Listen. to do with Victor Hedman being out of the game. Um, we've won games in this league without Victor Hedman. I could sit here and go through a hundred years of cliches. One team wins game one, the other team gets next team gets blown out in game two. Which one do you want? In the end. Did we play hard enough to win? Probably not. Was there a team that was a little bit more urgent? Just flip the Just look at last year's series. It's the exact same, just flip it. And now we're going back to Tampa. But it's, um, it's not because one guy was out. That's, that would be just a poor, poor excuse. That's it. I mean, he's... I think he's saying the right things, but there's no doubt it's significant. God. All I got out of that is, yeah, you've you've won games without Victor Hedman, but you, you've probably lost more without him. <laughs> yeah, you'd prefer to have him, I think, Coop. Coop, uh, Coop was a little Listen, feisty post-game, wasn't who's, he? Who's, who's John Cooper talking to when he answered that? To me, that's his own team. He's, yeah, he's got to be talking to his own team, trying to instill some confidence in them. Yeah, to me, it's instilling that we don't we we don't have Victor Hedman, and we got to find a way to win without him. That that's what I heard. Yeah, you listen, did, <laughs> you did start to play Stamkos. We also have Stamkos on Chernak and Hedman being out. Do we want to stick with that theme? Yeah, go for okay. it. 
Yeah, it is what it is. Obviously, we everyone in this room knows how important they are to, to our back end, but no one's feeling sorry for you if you're missing guys, especially at this time of the year. Um, that's unfortunately part of the game. Um, you know, obviously tough to, to see them both not be able to play. Um, very, very good players, very uh, important to us, but we still felt confident that if we put our game plan together, that, that we could make a, a competitive effort, but we didn't stick to the game plan, and, and Toronto played really well tonight. I had Sammy cut that because him saying their goal was, we thought we could put together a competitive effort. It's like, you're, you've won cups before. Is the goal a competitive effort? Like, they knew they were in trouble. Yeah, they they had off nights. Like, they, all, all their stars had off nights. Yeah. Like, the Leafs, game one. Right. But you come back with the same roster, and if you're the Leafs and you made your adjustments, I, I don't know where they go if they don't have Victor Hedman and, and Chernak for, for game three. Yeah. I, I mean, they were overwhelmed. That blue line on Tampa was overwhelmed. Going back on pucks in the first, what was it, like eight, nine minutes of the second period, oh watching them go back on pucks and give it back to the Leafs and diving into the bench. The Leafs are coming back. That Perbix, he Tough night. would not be enjoying seeing any of no. that game again. Like, you know how much of the puck point and Kucherov and Stamkos have to have in game three to not make them a factor. It's actually a really good point. They got to have the puck every shift yeah. and they got to hold on to it. And uh, they couldn't do it last night. Yeah, you wonder if that helps the Leafs goalie a little bit. Like, the, they can't just shoot everything and risk giving it back to Toronto. Yeah. They need to play in Toronto's end and hang on and look for grade A chances, which has been where Samsonov has been at his best, actually. I think he's the number one goalie in high danger save percentage this year. So... That's a nice combination of factors right there. Do you want to go to Sammy before we go to Vassy? Sure. All right, let's go to uh, Sheldon Keefe, Kipper's Clipper on his number one goaltender. Nobody wants to see a guy come in and mope, be moping around or feeling sorry for himself or anything like that, and it was the opposite for him. He was in, he's all smiles, he's got energy, and he wanted to get working on the ice. I mean, he did a terrific job. He competed and battled on the ice. Didn't you know? To me, wasn't letting anything get by him yesterday in practice. That sends a, a strong message, I think, to your team, and that's what you're looking for. Uh, and then he followed that up here today. I thought the guys took care of him tonight, uh, both in getting a lead for him and in how we defended. You know, you know, we obviously the two goals we give up. There's some breakdowns there that we don't love. But for the most part, we, we really took care of him tonight in terms of the chances and the quality chances we gave up. There wasn't a lot there. Uh, but, you know, even though we score early, you know, Tampa's, Tampa's got some flurries there. They're, they're throwing some stuff at the net. I think the shots ended up being 6 or 7-1 to, to, to start the game. You know, and there wasn't a whole lot of quality to it, but he was busy nonetheless, and, he, you know, he's, he's got to keep it out for us, and, and he did that. So it was, it was a good response for him. That's something for him to build on. And the trend continues that he doesn't have bad games in a row. Yeah. That was like a Vasilevsky thing last year. I don't know if you guys remember last year's playoffs, but it was a major story. Every time Tampa lost, it was Vasilevsky bounces back. And here you're getting it from Samson off this year. That's encouraging, I would say. Okay. Uh, great job on the telecast by uh, 
real good friend of the show and Craig Simpson. He was the first one to talk about uh, Vasilevsky always being in a position where he does not like to come out of the net. That, of course, was confirmed mm-hmm. by John Cooper on his goaltender. Let's go to that and then comment. Uh, I did, and that was quickly shut down by the goalie. And so he, uh, that's why he's the best in the world. He's not coming out. And uh, so once again, tip your, uh, tip your cap to that kid. Okay, for the record, I tried that during my career. <laughs> Don't but take they me told out. me, clearly, you're not the best in the world, and you're a healthy scratch. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Listen. Just give me a chance. Yeah. Okay, how about that, eh? Like, I can respect it because he is Vasilevsky, one of the best clutch goaltenders in history in the yeah. Stanley Cup playoffs. But I don't... Is it good that you just roll over and say, I'm not really the head coach anymore? It's a good question. Because, like, you'd prefer the guy to rest and not face a bunch of unnecessary work. But, you know, this guy, it's part of how he's played. He has 82 straight games in the playoffs, though, getting pulled. The record is 86. So now we're, it's just about the record now? Well, I don't know if he's is that what even, you're telling me? I don't know if he's aware of the record. That's where it's at, but... Yeah, like, I would say typically I would argue, like, get him out of there. He's not going to do any good. They're down five going into the third period. I mean, they would know better if if that serves a purpose for him to get himself mentally ready for game three. Maybe going in, it's just like he knows he's in for 60. He's pot committed. I, I absolutely love it. You do, eh? I, I don't love a lot about the Tampa Bay Lightning. Very, very little, in fact. But I do love the fact that he's like, I'm the goddamn goalie I'm playing. <laughs> no one else is going in that net. I am the goalie. So I don't care how I'm, many go by me. If I'm Kucherov or Point or Stamkos, I can get benched a whole third period, but that guy can't come out. Yeah. Right. Different rules. Right. For different people, I guess. I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just... That. You see him with his I helmet just, off? I'm not looking at him in the eye. Like, <laughs> I'm a big fan, but... <laughs> I, I just I, nuts are equal. Oh. <laughs> I'm just not sure that big picture that that's the healthiest thing for your hockey club. That's all. Yeah. For many different ways. If you really believe that just got to give the guy a rest or, hey, maybe he gets hurt and this is just an opportunity for uh, Elliot to come in and, and feel the puck yeah, a little bit too. Yeah, just in case he's like, ever... We, we got another... I don't know if anybody noticed... But the tendency is that you get to dress two goalies. It's funny. I They cut to Elliot on the bench, and I played college hockey against Elliot, and Elliot just looks like a, a dad on the bench. Yeah, like, like he's just he like a like senior. A, or like a an paid, e-bug. <laughs> yeah, he's got a full gray beard. Yeah, paid actor. He doesn't do anything. He <laughs> yeah. just sits there like, if you're not getting in that one, Ryan, yeah. you ain't getting in. No. No, I like I see what you're saying, Kipper, but I just there's something so cool and unique sure. about him just being like, no, like I, I'm the goalie. Why would anybody else play goalie? I, I, goalie. Here we are I now the going into game three, and like another big number against Vasilevsky. How many big numbers did we see since January on? Whatever has been ailing them from January on bled like a pig last night on them. He, yeah. Mitch Marner's goal, they, th- those didn't go in on him right. in previous years. For sure. That was a... Really soft one to start the game. 
Right. Like, it's just a slap shot along the ice that goes in right between his legs. I will say, even when he, they were getting lit up in the third period, he robbed Ryan O'Reilly with the pad. Yeah. Where the puck lands on the goal. Like, he still has these flashes that are just absolutely horrifying. Well, that's actually something leaving. I'd like to talk about is when it's 3 nothing and the Leafs are all over him. Vasilevsky has a moment yeah. where he's really good. He stops Tavares in tight. He stops O'Reilly yes. in tight. Kerfoot in tight. Craig Simpson's going. He said no. Like he's- Sammy's getting nervous at this point. And then Cole scores to make it 3-1. And yeah, I'm sure yeah, your heart yeah. skipped a beat a little bit. They're back in it. I... A little bit. I would, there were some expletives. I was like, oh, here we go. Because it felt, like Craig Simpson said, like it was now time for shutdown mode. Yeah. Where like Vasilevsky there, was just saying no more. There was a big part of me that was like, well, the Leafs are scoring three in this game. So hopefully Sammy doesn't let in more than three. Because it doesn't feel like they're getting another one. But that's that goal that John Tavares got was so big. Yeah. For everybody involved. It just took the weight of the world off of everyone's shoulders. For him to come in back and put that upstairs, it was just so huge for Leaf fan psyche, for the Leafs players, management, coaching staff. Yeah. Massive goal. Kip, do you worry about that window, though? Like, after they give up the goal and it's 3-1, and all of a sudden, everyone has that, oh, God, not again vibe. You could feel it. They played in their own zone the next shift and turned pucks over. And Yeah, they... It- I, I think it might have been a little bit of an overextension, maybe on a shift too. I don't know if it was Willie. Somebody may have stayed out there a little longer, and that's just one thing that you can clean up at, at three nothing. Mm-hmm. And there, there are times I'm watching the game at, at three nothing, and you're still watching a very aggressive uh, blue line come in. There's times when I saw uh, Hall down deep and Morgan down deep, and I'm like. Okay, we're up Maybe a few you just here. pick spots a little better than mm-hmm. that, and you know, don't need to force anything. Now we're up, managing the the clock without giving an inch. Yeah, those things kind of crept in, but for the most part, I think they 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 managed it and they they did a good job because uh, they didn't give up the the three no. two goal. And one of the things I wrote about, uh, you know, in handling those minutes was. A minute after that, or two, sorry, a few minutes after the 3-1 goal, the Tavares line gets out there, and Tavares has a chance to dump it in, and he cuts back. And he again lets everyone catch up, and he cuts back again. They hang on to it. They have an ozone shift. And instead of just giving it back to Tampa in panic, it slowed things down, and all of a sudden, like, they're, they're in the game again. So that, to me, is a measure of, like, these veteran guys. Can you calm the pace down yeah. for your team a little bit? You know, three great centers, which Cooper did not want to give them credit for. But, boy, all, all three of their centermen, well, at least two of them, depending who you sit, were very good last night. Hard to get out of the first block without mentioning the fisticuffs. Again, something that has not uh, been a signature of the Toronto Maple Leafs for a lot of years here. Mm-hmm. Then the trade deadline comes. I know a 180. uh whether it was Brendan's decisions or Kyle's decisions uh, to to have this different look. We saw it last night. Yeah. We talked about the Leafs being a little bit too quiet in game one in the third period. We, we, not. we didn't think for one second they were going to go quietly, not with Maroon and Corey Perry and all of them, but the Leafs did, I thought, an outstanding job led by Luke Shen. He had the toughest matchup, the toughest fight. You want to start there, or you want to go to even uh, Giordano's battle with uh, Zach Bogosian? Where do you want to start, Shen, JD? Shen, I think. I, sh- I think Shen, because he did the right thing, right? They're up 6-1, and Janot wants to fight him. Shen's like, 
what's in that for me? Like, why would I give you that fight yeah. now? I want nothing to do with it. Along the sideboards, he was yeah. like trying to go him off the face off. And he's like, there's, he was just kind of Look even smiling. Yeah, like, we're no, not doing yeah. a 6-1 thing. But then yeah. Janot starts chasing him around yeah. and you realize that's what's going to happen until you give him a fight. You're just going to run and hide all period. And so he says, fine, hangs in there. Has to take that fight. Thank you. I, I agree that it's... 100%. Yeah. He had to take that fight. And that's a look again that isn't uh, a one that uh, we've seen with the Toronto Maple Leafs for a lot of years. And yeah. it, for me, it had that Wendell Clark feel. Oh, yeah. Okay. First sh- time in a lot of Holy years. I should have got Bonesy's okay. call of the fight. That was Wendell like. Really? Yeah. Oh, totally. Like, I. I may or may not have yelled, jumped up from my couch and yelled, F him up, Luke, <laughs> like loud, a couple times. And he, they both hit each other took, hard. Uh, Janot had no fun he, either. He took a couple too, Yeah, Oh, he did. But oh, when, yeah. when they first kind of changed hands and Luke came in with those two lefts, yeah. I don't know how any human being withstood those two lefts. He landed both those lefts right on the button, and Janot just stood in there and kept going, that was screwing my that's job. As, back that's on. as good as a leaf fight as there's been in five yeah. or six years. Like I can't remember. Like I know Simmons has had some big ones, but like that was. What's so great is it comes from a guy who's playing for them. Not like they called up Clifford to no. go do a thing, or you know Simmons is getting six minutes or whatever. Like Shen was a a player for them last night, and very good by the way in two playoff games so far. For sure, and credit the Hall too for getting the brakes beat yeah, off him it. again. But he, oh, no. he goes in there against yes. Perry, and it stands you know, in there. And listen, I, I give Justin Hall yeah, a, a lot of credit. It's, it doesn't matter. You didn't you didn't turn away, you know. And it is Corey Perry. Yeah. So um, even even the Jordano fight to start, like they they've got a depleted blue line. Zach Bogosian comes in and. He, it took a strip off of him. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it was great. He tried to fight Belmar, and the ref got in the way, and Bogosian was like, I'll take the fight, and Gio was like, uh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> he um, did great, though. So I got to ask you, Kipper. You know a lot of people at Scotiabank Arena. You, you know, you're, you're, every time you go down there, you're kissing babies, and everyone's asking for your autograph and pictures. Stop it. Do you know Yellow Hoodie Man <laughs> beside the box who was pumping his chest at Tanner Janelle? Is Is he the new... Um... A dart guy or <laughs> is he the bumblebee? I don't know. But Does that anybody a, know the bumblebee? I don't know. Do you know the bumblebee? You don't know him, Kevin. I don't know the bumblebee. Oh. I don't. But man, oh man. He's a tough guy. He's a tough guy. He's a tough guy. He's, do you want it a piece of uh, maroon? I have to uh, say. Janelle. Or Janelle. Sorry, Tanner. From a- There was a woman that uh, was... Uh, uh, Jawing with uh, Maroon too, wasn't there? Yeah, yes. Phil Esposito waited on that. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Anyway. Did you see that on uh, yeah. the internet? Yeah. yeah, yeah, not good. Not pretty. Called some people some not pretty. names in the stands. Um, but I just love what that guy represented. Like the Scotiabank Arena crowd is never like that. Well, let me tell you okay. something. I, can I, hear that. I I didn't go to Game One. Yeah, but like you said, I I know a few people, and I know many of them who have stroked some very big checks to MLSC over the years, and they were absolutely sickened by game one. By the crowd, or that people left. Yes. Yeah. 
and a lot of them did leave. Ah, boy. Okay? It's a tough one to sit through. Hold on. They're mad at the fans for leaving? No, no, no. The oh. fans were mad at the Leafs oh, yeah, for game no, one. Yeah, no, duh. Okay, 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 okay. So my point in all of this is that within 48 hours, think about that emotional roller coaster yeah. of being a Leaf fan from going to the bottom of the barrel to what you felt last night for the first time and I don't know how long. And again, you want to factor in skill, toughness, brawn. Go back, and I went back to Wendell, but really go back where you put a whole playoff package together mm-hmm. with that. Everything in the cake. Every ingredient yeah. in Goals, the cake. fights, yeah. so energy. I, it didn't really surprise me to see fans so jacked a party. and wired. Yeah, yeah. Last Way night, go, including, you know, what we saw behind the penalty box. Oh, Love it. I'm sure Too Bumblebee bad. is Bumble. looking at the video today and going, well, I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, maybe I <laughs> went bu- a little too far. Tanner Genome might have had a foot can on I ask, that guy. Can I ask but, you something? Is, t- is Bumblebee guy awake yet? Or is, he, is there, his eyes still <laughs> but caked over? But Kidwin got a hold of him. <laughs> yeah. You know, at the end of the day, even if he said, can you blame me? Yeah. Like, look where I've been as a Leaf fan. Oh, 100%. We, so, we have I, his back anyway. Bumblebee guy gets me, uh, I give him a pass. I Oh, I give him more than a pass. I give him a standing O. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. He might. So did, some, did something happen beforehand? Because the ref was, did he throw something in there? I never saw a good angle. I don't know. Because the ref was in there, like, intervening with him, and Janoa's got a beat-up hand, and I don't know what the hell happened in there, but God, I loved it. It just reminded me of when the, when the fan fell in with Ty. That's what it just reminded me of. Yeah. Oh, my God. That can never happen again. Yeah. Watch the lawsuit, Ty. <laughs> That's really good. Oh, they're buddies now, eh? Who are? Him and the guy who yeah, fell in? Yeah, the guy that fell into the... No. Oh, they've done... Well, I also I saw... I think they've had dinners and yeah. drinks and... I also saw Ty playing football on the beach with Tom Brady, so he runs into... I think Ty was circle. opening a restaurant in New York two days ago. The guy's doing okay. <laughs> Let's quote all the time. Let's get Ty in the show. Okay, we're doing okay. Uh, where else do you want to go? The one thing I do want to hear is Cooper talking about the center matchups. Our own Luke Fox was like... Oh, did Luke piss him off? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, this is... Good for Luke. Luke's Luke a asked a, Listen. A, Luke asked an incredibly good and fair question. And John Let, Cooper... Let's was, hear Luke's yeah. question. Here we go. Let's John, have the challenge for you, how does it change when Toronto goes three centers deep and has O'Reilly in the 3C spot? How does that change? So how many centers deep are we? Let me ask you that. Well, I'm just saying last game they... they... Give, me, give me points, Sorelli and Paul, all day against anybody in the league. Let me ask you that. And that's him getting up and walking away. Look, I, I don't... I get where Luke's going, but what is he really fishing for there? Like, what is... What, what would be an appropriate answer by a head coach uh, to say, what are the challenges uh, of... The one that he got, buddy. No, the... the like, well, no, it's not... The, I don't know. It's the, not the, a the, gotcha the, question. It's, well, we have to deploy our line differently. We have to use Paul a little more than we normally would. It changes how we roll out our oh, lines. That sounds like John Cooper to give out all his secrets in a post-game comment. And yeah, then if what he doesn't just, get that answer, he right? gets this answer, which is even better. It's a great question. Yeah, it is a excellent question by our man, it's Luke. By not the not an excellent oh, question. You're not you going to get a an hike. answer. Hey, hey Luke. Why don't they just throw you my we, playbook there, Luke? Bob Woodward over here. Right? <laughs> he needs to go down to a few scrubs. What did you expect? 
expect John Cooper to tell him. Gifford, you should you know go what to he, You know what he, he should have just said? Scram beat it. You should go to that. <laughs> Scram that, beat that it. That would have been an easier answer for John. What do you want, Mike? You want my playbook? Yeah, I love hey, it. Maybe in our next meeting, Luke will invite you in. He might. Who knows? I uh, love the question from our boy Luke. Yeah. You know, you love the reaction. Well, anything to make John Cooper look a little bit defensive childish. and childish and shook up. I'm definitely here for, but I don't know. All right. What do you got for us, Sammy? All right. It's time for some playoff picks presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds. So got a few things for you tonight. Uh, Isles, do or die. If they lose tonight, they're going down 3-0. They're screwed. Yeah. So I was looking at some odds on there. And if you want to do a same game parlay, this is interesting that you could do Sorokin and uh, to have him to have over 31 saves. And you figure the only way they're going to win is (laughs) with that. That pays plus 230. So it's an interesting one for a team with their back against the wall. Boston going to South Florida tonight. Bergeron didn't travel, so he's not playing in either the game in Florida, which is a huge development. I don't know if you have any more on that, Kipper, but I'll mark a game-time decision. If you think the Cats have figured something out here and are going to go and hold home ice uh, advantage, you can bet the series score after four games will be 3-1 for the Panthers at plus 500. So if you think that the Cats are going to hold serve, it's an interesting one, but I don't know if you have any more on Bergeron, Kip, but is missing these two going to be back for game five? Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. Um, do we believe it was a flu-like virus or something like this? For Bergeron, it was and an family illness, too. but and it's, family. A, it's a nagging injury, they said. Yeah. So flu and nagging injury now. Uh, man just needs some time to get well. I saw some quotes about how, you know, Bergeron's been there for them. The team needs to be there for him to get him back in the series. But I think Florida's an interesting option at this point. But of the things you just mentioned, Islanders win plus Sorokin. Other teams without Tara v- uh, Vinen, they're in New York, plus 230. Yeah. Like what did you think of the slash on Tara Vinen? Greasy. High. Late. You didn't like it? I No, it's... It, it's it's a slash we see a hundred times in a game. Yeah. It just happened to break his wrist. Carolina's so I, I don't know that you, you can't turn a suspension in for something that's common in a game yeah. just because you decided not to wear wrist guards or, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I think it's really funny now if you're the Rangers and you're looking at things, Rangers up to nothing, heading back to Madison Square Garden. The Hurricanes are up to nothing and without Pacioretty, Svechnikov, Teravainen. Mm-hmm. Like, not saying the path's clear, but the conference finals are pretty attainable. Uh, and the last thing I do I have for playoff picks is Edmonton and Kings going at it again tonight. You can bet on Connor McDavid to have the most goals in the series. He's three behind Leon, obviously, but his odds have gone all the way down to got? plus One assist 7. in two games? Yeah. yeah. So, what were the odds, sorry? Plus 750 for him to have the most goals in the series. He could have and the most by tonight. Yeah, that's right. he so he's going to have an explosion sooner or later. So so no goals in the first two games for McDavid or Austin. Matthews, yeah. Yeah. No crazy. Odds. Teams Matthews, do a good job. Four, four assists, though, for Austin through that. So uh, that was okay. That was playoff picks I, presented you know what, by Beth. Go back to the start of our show. I, uh, I don't think he was great last night. He yeah. was physical. Physical, I thought he was doing his best, but definitely not his best. Can so I, you're coming on my side then. Oh Marner's my God, way no. better than Matthews. So, you know, there's a lot of Leafs fans who enjoy both of their favorite players <laughs> and don't feel the need to pick can one. I, can I just say something before we quickly go to break yes. and talk to Doug McLean? We just did 43 minutes. 
We didn't mention the referees, boys. Ooh, good for because us. you didn't. No, <laughs> there was nothing to mention. They did a good job. It was they fine. Kept hey, it in hey, check. Couple of greasy I got ones. news for you. There was never nothing to mention. What do you mean? just. You didn't. You think there's anything about the refs that needed to be mentioned last night? I thought well, they did a I good mean, job. We owed a public there's, narrative. There's, there's bad calls in game. every game yeah, and every series. Of course. We're just we're beyond that now. Great. Great. I thought they did an excellent job. Uh, Your shipping. team won seven two. Well, yeah, of but, course they did a great job. But they they kept control of that game in the third period. It could have turned into a total hoot nanny, and they were sending people packing every left, right, and center. Sending people so. packing and people giving fights instead of letting people run around kept yes. it calm. Anyways, okay, that was exhausting. <laughs> Let's let someone else talk for a bit. How about Doug McLean? That works for me. You know, we could actually, I could introduce him. We could all go down on the second floor to Tim's and then come back up. Still be telling us about uh, Boca Del Vista? Pickleball. El Boca Vista? I don't know. Shooting 84. What's next? We'll find (laughs) out after the break. My name is Doug McLean and my nickname is Mac. (laughs) (laughs) Doug McLean on Off the Rails Friday after the break. Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Can't wait to welcome in Mac. Didn't he dump on all over Matthew Nyes? Didn't he just say. I, I don't remember. Did he? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> You're almost scared to tell me. Yeah, I don't remember, honestly. Don't. <laughs> okay, Mac, which one was it? You like Matthew Nyes or you thought. Long shot at best. He can make a, a difference or, or come in and play it all. Which one was it? Well, I think what I said is he's a young kid with no experience and just be patient and see what happens. You don't have to panic to put him in the lineup. You put him in the lineup as the series progresses, which is exactly what they did. They put him in in game two. So I, you know, I thought, I thought he was fine. I mean, you've got him as a superstar. I've got him as fine. Okay. You know? All right. Fair enough. You know, um, and I, I mean, look, I mean, I'll tell you what, though. I'll, I'll tell you what. We talked three weeks ago, like, what were they thinking about putting John Tavares on the wing with Ryan O'Reilly? Yeah, I give you full like, credit I said on it that was, one. Oh, no, I said it was, like, ludicrous to even think that way because they haven't the one thing they've never had in one playoff series – in the last whatever number of years, a gazillion has had a third li- has had a third line, and what was the difference in the game last night? They finally had a third line, and your guy was part of it. You know, the kid was part of the third line with yeah. Achari and 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 they played and they got they got fourteen and a half minutes out of Achari, they got thirteen minutes out of Knives, and and O'Reilly was almost nineteen minutes, and it was a a really good third line, which they've never had. They had a bunch of wimps on third lines, and finally they've got a third line that can play head-to-head with the other team's best line. So it seems that's unlikely. Why the Ryan o- that's why the Ryan O'Reilly acquisition is the best one Dubas has ever made, in my opinion. And I know he's slow, and I know he's not the same player he was, but he's still smart. He's got... He's got what it takes. He's a winner. Yeah. Do you think that this uh, Tampa D situation, like if they're without Hedman and Chernak, 
can they win this series? Like, I know that sounds dramatic, but boy, that, those are significant losses. That's like saying, can the, could the Bruins have won the Cup without Teddy Green and Bobby Orr? No. They're not going to win this series without their two best. Two. Like, what team in the NHL, in today's NHL, salary cap NHL, can win against a top team without their two best defensemen? That's where they are. Hedman is not their best defenseman. He's maybe the best defenseman in the, in, in the entire NHL. All-round best defenseman in the NHL. Yeah. They're not going to win the series if they don't get these two guys back, especially Hedman. And I give the Leafs full credit. They come out the first shift, didn't matter what. They played their tails off, and the game was over five, six minutes into the game. It was over with the way they were playing. But I'm telling you, Hedman is a – well, I'm not – you know, you'd have to be an idiot to say that Hedman isn't a monumental loss. So if they don't get him back, and even if he's back at 70%, he can, you know, then it's going to be a series. Okay. Yeah. And Chernak, a good. They don't have enough depth. They don't have enough depth. McDonough, I mean, they talked about it before the series. McDonough was a big loss, and they had to do it because of the cap. So they're, they're you know, I mean, it's still going to be a hell of a series. It's a long way from over, if, but they got to get these guys healthy. If as early as Saturday that 70% turns to zero, uh, we listen to John Cooper, his press conferences, we pick it apart. Can he convince them without Victor Hedman that they can, if not keep this uh, close, win it? Can he on his without own? Without Hedman? Yeah. Without can, he, Hedman? can he rally the troops without Hedman? Can he, yeah. or do they still, have, I, they still have some world-class talent, Mac? I agree they do, but you know what? They don't have world-class talent on the back end. I mean, Radish is an American League defenseman. The other kid that's been there up all year is really a little above an American League defenseman. What's his name? Perbin. Uh, he's a little above an American League defenseman. Yeah. Cole is near Cole. Cole is near the end of the road. Bogosian's near the end of the road. This road, this is not a good blue line without Hedman and Chernak. And I and people say, well, you know, you can win without them and, you know, but I'm sorry that not, not with the thinness they have on the back end. And, you know, they, they didn't want foot because he was, he was the same as the bottom three. He wasn't really good enough to be an impact guy at playoff time. And they went by him for, for the perfect kid or whatever his name is. So they're in tough on the back end and Vasilevsky last night. I didn't, I mean, Look, I mean, they were great plays, and so you can't help him. But he can't be that bad. He's got to be a star. For sure. Beat the Leafs. Vasilevsky has to be a star. And I haven't heard his name really mentioned. I didn't like his game a little bit. They were shooting balloons through him last night. <laughs> when you shoot balloons, when you shoot balloons through your goalie, it's not a good thing. Shooting pucks, but balloons. All right, goalie, not a good, not a good thing. We haven't had a chance to get your take on the bunting hit suspension and how the team looks without him. Play my clip from a week ago. That's all you need, isn't it? I don't. I, we've had concussions. Didn't, they, did, us. didn't you listen to my? Didn't you listen to my? You said what about bunting? I said bunting. Like when are they going to wake him up? Like I watched this act for the last half of the season. 
you know, running around, shooting his mouth off. You know, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like the way he was playing. I didn't like anything about his game, to be quite honest, other than he gets he plays with the top guys and he picks up points. I didn't like his game. I didn't like his act. They're better without him. Better off without him, in my opinion. Um, I know a lot can happen in the next two games to get and listen, Mike. No, don't get me wrong. He might be the nicest kid in the face of the world, and I know he's overcome obstacles, and I give him full marks. He's in the NHL, but I don't like the act. That's all. I mentioned you don't earlier, need that act at playoff time. I mentioned earlier in the show that uh, he's still got two games to go, and a lot can happen to get him even back in the lineup, possibly out of necessity. But, you know, take us to the time that you went to the Stanley Cup final. How many opportunities did you have to really change your lineup? Was it as simple as win and you're in, or other factors come into play over a long stretch? You know what? I remember um, uh, a move I made that I got. A, I, I was actually there's a book out on the Miami Ice. It's called and and one and I was reading through it oh, years ago. And I remember there was one move I made. I put Marty Stracke in the Marty Stracke in the lineup. Didn't start with him in the lineup because I wanted a little more grit and you know that type of play. And Marty Stracke went in the lineup, and he was a difference maker in our series. This kid played unbelievable for us, and you know I ended up. Re-getting, restarting his career. So you make the odd subtle lineup, but you know what? It's very few and far between. I mean, the look of their lineup last night with the way they played, uh, they're not changing that anytime soon. So, you know, he, he'll, he'll probably get back in the lineup because they're going to have some injuries and he's got experience and he can score. But surely to God, he's going to come back and keep his mouth shut and just play hockey. Speaking of players who don't keep their mouth shut and keep playing hockey, what are your thoughts on Corey Perry's effectiveness? 27 minutes ice time, two goals, two assists, 4.7 pims. He's a leaf killer, Doug. What is the deal? With, can he continue to be this effective even as the games get closer and the stakes get higher in the series? He's an amazing guy. I mean, we thought a few years ago when somebody signed him and gave him a million bucks. I mean, Corey Perry's a heart trophy winner. He's a, he's a Stanley cup winner. He's one of the, I mean, I'll, I'll never forget watching him play in London. We were praying we were going to get him with the first pick in the third round. And I think he went or in the second round of that draft. And, and he went, I don't know what, 27, 28th in the draft. We were praying he was going to slip because we had a high pick in the second round. The guy's a winner. Like I know he's a different player. Now he plays a different game, but he still, he'll do anything to win anything to win and he's an important guy in their team i mean he went 25 games without a point guys before that game that tells you what he what he does at playoff time still and you know what he'll be a factor he'll still be a factor because there's nobody on the tampa bay lightning that wants to win more than Corey perry and you know that's a pretty important ingredient at playoff time nick you had lots of those guys or a few of those guys on your team in New York that that'll do whatever it takes. I mean, this guy was a heart trophy winner and now he's an antagonizing fourth liner. How many guys do that in their career? Mac, the, the, I, I think it was Dallas that took him off of uh, Anaheim and then yeah. they got rid of him. Then he actually did really well in Montreal. And then I think yeah. Berge, uh, Bergevin got rid of him. And here he is today in Tampa. And and they all got rid of him because he was too slow. You know, he can't skate. He can't he can't play in the, in today's pace with today's pace. Yeah. Well, not an issue. 
You know what? You know, I mean, it's it, it, it's no different than the other kid, the St. Louis kid on their fourth line. It just goes out. The only guy you can play for is John Cooper because he played for him in junior. Maroon. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, Pat Maroon. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, I thought Pat Maroon was done seven years ago. You know, and I remember watching that kid play in the North American League for John Cooper. So you know what? They find a role and they fit in with that team of superstars. So look, it's it's going to be an interesting series. I mean, these two first games were bizarre. Toronto couldn't get out of their way in Game One and looked pathetic, and Samsonov was awful. And then you go into the second game, and Tampa Bay looked pathetic, and Vasilevsky was no good. And the Leafs played really well and played played a hell of a game. Full marks to them. So uh, we'll see what happens in Game Three. Mac, I want to ask you before we uh, we leave, uh, just your thoughts on Brad Tree Living uh, bailing very quickly in, in Calgary. My uh, my info is that they would have liked to sign him at some point in this season. He waited it out and uh, decided that uh, it wasn't a a great fit for him moving forward here. What, what happens in Calgary? What, what, what uh, you know, Daryl's still there. Uh, Don Maloney has resurfaced as a big player now in the National Hockey League uh, management team there in Calgary. Where does it go from here? Well, you, gotta, you know, I mean, look, it, it went south with Daryl. I mean, you know, the rumblings are that, you know, from the time Daryl, I mean, I watched the interview with the kid playing his first NHL game, um, the call-up kid, and Daryl was a complete ass in that interview. And I love Daryl. I love uh, Daryl. I've known him a long time. You know, I knew the, knew the family. I coached Brian Sutter. Dwayne was my assistant in Florida. I loved the family. But I, what he did was so bad and so wrong. And Tree Living is the opposite type of guy to that. Tree Living's a good person. And Daryl was way out of line. And I suspect from that point on, and people have said it to me, that it, it, their relationship was never the same. Um, you know, Tree will resurface. I mean, I see him being a top candidate for any job. I mean, he's a good person. He's an honest person. He's a straight shooter. He knows the game. And he's great with the media. He handles the media really well. He He's the sort of guy that's the face of your franchise that as an ownership group, you would feel really good about. That's my perception of, of Brad tree living. And I don't know him that well, but that's what I see and what I listen to when he speaks. Uh, last thought on the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Connor still hasn't warmed up, but they still look good. Uh, are you convinced that this team could go to a final? I said to you know six weeks ago watching Boston and Edmonton play and Edmonton were struggling at the time that could it be a Stanley Cup final and I went into the playoffs thinking that could be a Stanley Cup final Boston and Edmonton again till till he met up with a an old friend of his called Philip Dano what about this guy the job he does at playoff time like is he the Essatikinen of today's NHL playoffs the way he drives people crazy. I mean, he's kept Connor pretty well under wraps in a couple of games. I don't know how long that can yeah, last. But I don't know either. He he's done a hell of a job, but uh, Connor McDavid's pretty tough to to tame. But I, you know what? Yeah, they've got a chance. I mean, the Ekholm deal really changed their defense because Bouchard became a real player with Ekholm. So it'll be it'll be. I'm still worried about Edmonton's goaltend, and I, you know, it's it's. It just you just don't know how long Skinner can keep this going. 
and but look at the uh, sorry Doug's gonna ask you about the other Canadian team there the Winnipeg Jets not sure if you had a chance to watch any of that but uh, you know they took one off Vegas in Vegas uh, your, your thoughts on their chances of actually completing the upset you know what is really funny I was watching the game uh, the Minnesota Wild and Winnipeg playing late in the season and I watched Adam Lowry who was a little run running around our dressing room in Florida and his dad, Dave played for me. And I watched him come off the bench and challenge Ryan Reeves. And people say, well, it's not an important part of the game. It's not. Well, I know one thing, the Winnipeg jets, when they watched that fight with Ryan Reeves and Adam Lowry, they all grew about six inches. And I think it was a major, major rallying point for the Winnipeg jets hockey team that had been floundering for three or four months from first place to lucky to make the playoffs. But Adam Lowry, to me, is one guy like, who wouldn't want to have this kid on your hockey team? With He'll do whatever it takes. So I think they've grown because of that. It, isn't it bizarre? I may be, people think I'm nuts, but I'm telling you, I watched that and I thought, oh man, is this guy a, is this guy a leader for his hockey team? Because he's not a fighter, but he sure fought that. It, we know he can fight, but he's not a fighter. He doesn't play that game. But he's a horse. And Dubois, my God, line A for Dubois. Seriously. <laughs> Jeff Rimmer, what are you thinking about making that trade? <laughs> hey, did uh... Because him and Torts, because him and Torts got into it on the bench. We're getting rid of Dubois. <laughs> oh, my God. Get rid of Torts. Keep Dubois. Hey. I mean, look at this horse. Oh, my God. So you got Dubois and Lowry. Pretty good start to center right. Panthers. I, love, uh, I, I, I hope. I hope they keep it going. Hey, Panthers, leave you a ticket tonight. Any chance you want to go there and, and throw uh, a rat on the ice? Look, I'm really nervous. I'm really nervous. Why? I hold. I hold the record with 22 playoff wins for the Florida Panthers, and Paul Maurice has got one. And I mean, is there a chance he could catch? Can he catch me this year? I think that's impossible. No. <laughs> you're, oh, you're okay. safe. So I'm okay for another year. I'm you're okay, okay for another, another year. year. Like, right. even Quenville couldn't get close to me. So, you know, Paul, anyway, not that they matter. I'm like Gretzky and I'm like Gretzky and Ovechkin. It's like me and Paul Maurice now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go back to pickleball. That's, uh, that's a heck of a way to leave uh, off the rails Friday. Thanks for doing this, Mac. Take care, boys. Okay. Doug McClain. Thanks, Mac. Yeah, that's quite a record there. 22 wins. What do you think Coop's got in Tampa Bay since uh, 2013? That, that'll be a tough one. Yeah. That'll be a tough one. Um, Calgary's going to be interesting here. So uh, this week when I wrote, I got a section of... Uh, uh, in Kipper's my corner, yeah, Kipper's corner, and then I, I, I do one that says change my mind if I, yeah, feel. and last year or the, even the beginning of this year with Calgary struggles, I said Daryl's not going anywhere, mm-hmm. and I think I changed, changed mind. my mind. You think so? You're you're more you're fifty one percent. He's gone. No, I'm fifty fifty that uh, he's back next year. Oh, I wow. think there's a chance he will not come back. Yeah, by his own choosing. Uh, I, I I don't know. Uh, that's a possibility mm-hmm. that he could say that uh, I've had enough. Or I, but he's got I think 
if I'm not mistaken, maybe as much as two more years on his contract. Wow. That could be anywhere between six and eight million bucks. So, but uh, Don Maloney's there now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had to get all the information from the players after. And there's some players that uh, want their voices heard on uh, on uh, on Daryl this year. Do Don and Daryl have any sort of a previous relationship? Would they know each other? The, the connection for, sure for Don and Calgary yeah. was with Brad Tree Living, not right. not with Daryl. Right. Yeah, you which, which makes it really interesting, right? Because uh, Don now has to evaluate. Well, and their ownership has to say, Darryl. are you willing to get rid of a guy who's owed three mil, four mil a year per year? You know, maybe the owner's saying, I'm not paying another guy. So you figure out how to make it work with Daryl. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. All of these things. Yeah happen in these types of scenarios for sure. I do wonder but, about our boy, you mentioned Mike Feuda as a name, like, you know, has a history at Daryl Sutter, has been a successful manager in the NHL. You also wonder when you go to your owner and be like, well, there's five players worth a combined $17 million that don't want to be here anymore because of this one man who makes two. Good point, Sam, yeah. It's like, do you want to well, keep the good players? Or, yeah, yeah. You wanna, do you want to keep good players yeah. or do you want to keep this guy? Yeah, yeah. and then that's... That's surfacing real quickly here that uh, players in their exits uh, meetings uh, voice their concerns uh, on Daryl. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that shouldn't come as a shock to anyone. That was a bad year, boy. Bad. They had a miserable yeah. time start to finish. Yeah. yeah and and just, how does it get rectified? And there's certain does, things like Does Daryl need to follow anyone to Arizona like Babcock <laughs> did with Austin? You might have to because that stuff has to. If yeah. if there's a future there, that uh, mending fences is a big part of coach player relationships but that, these days. But that stuff doesn't work. You're just you're stacking deck chairs on the Titanic. Like if, well, if the, if the if the relationship has been flawed, and you can be like, I disagree is, with you there. You disagree? Well, yeah. I mean, no. how to work out for bats? You ever heard the you ever heard the the term uh, old dogs new tricks? Yeah. yeah. Like, Oh, oh, not happened for hey, for uh, I don't, don't know. Know. Hey, hey, Naz, uh, I, I, sorry I was a dick this year. Uh, I'm going to go and be better now. I, yeah, maybe not going to work for Daryl and Naz, but yeah. I think it's worthwhile to sit down, have a face-to-face to someone, work through your differences. I think that can be productive. Yeah, we'll have to kind of see from afar on, on the Calgary Flames scenario. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Chris Crenn, Toronto or uh, Tampa Bay Lightning beat writer for NHL.com. We'll see if... We can sniff anything out on Victor Hedman out of him as yes. the series heads south. Toronto, Tampa Bay, game three Saturday night. Chris Crenn after the break. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. As the series shifts to Florida. Let's welcome in Chris Krenn. Covers the Tampa Bay Lightning for NHL.com. Chris, uh, hope all is well. Cut, catch an early flight this morning. Where are you? Uh, yeah, we touched down about two hours ago now. I got to Tampa just feeling the <clears throat> kind of the polar opposite of the weather here. It's very hot down in Florida. It was a little bit chillier than I expected up in Toronto, but um, all good here in the sunrise and, uh, and ready to go for game three. Hey, the only polar opposite we know is from game one to game two. 
Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, just the sense of, of, of going down there, uh, losing game two. A, a split usually feels like a, a victory for the road teams, but does this feel different for Tampa? Um, I mean, a little bit, but at the same time, it's just a group that's been here before and done this, right? I think they're looking at it as, you know, we played a really good game one and, you know, if the games were flipped and, and game one was played game two and, and game two was won, you know, I think they'd be feeling pretty good today. So um, we've seen this, this team just be really good over the past several years at turning the page. And I think that's, that's really important after a big loss, but it's also important after a big win. And you got to just turn that page and, and look towards the next game. You can't think about the last one too much. And, I think that's what they're trying to do um, going into game three in a building that they've played really well in this year. And, you know, that, like I said, they're just a, a very seasoned veteran group that should be able to handle something like this. Okay. Chris, we appreciate you joining us. I would uh, love to get your take on John Cooper. You spend the full year getting to interact with this guy. We spend a playoff series back-to-back years picking apart his quotes. Is he any different in the playoffs than the regular season? Is there more message sending, or do you deal with this man exactly the same all the time? Well, I love Coop. I mean, it's you guys know it's, it's a little bit of a different media market up in Toronto than it is down here in Tampa, obviously. So I think it's... Um, you know, it's not as intense. He's not getting all the a million questions a day, but he, he's, he's the same pretty much all year, I would say. I mean, he, he does probably work, crank it up a little bit in the playoffs. I think he's, you know, he's been really good at um, making everything. It feels like everything he says in the media is calculated, and I think he's using it to his advantage, or he tries to use it to his advantage, you know. So, um, yeah, he's, he's a great guy. I really love covering him, and to me, I think, you know, this is a guy that could potentially go down as one of the best coaches in NHL history. So I'm I'm really feel blessed to be able to cover the team and, and be around him every day. He's a really smart guy and um, very entertaining to cover as well, along with the team, obviously. So uh, here in Canada, if we lose a star player this time of year, there's about a thousand so-called insiders who all want to figure out what the heck's going on and what's hurt and how long he'll be out um, on a smaller scale. Is that going on right now with Victor Hedman? Um, I mean, but he was asked about it today. We got to the airport and, and he did a little media session when we got there. He said they're going to be getting some more stuff done today, getting looked at today. Now that they're back in Tampa. And he said he should have an update tomorrow. So, um, you know how it is in the playoffs. They're not going to give you too much. But, no, I don't think there's too many people down here uh, digging for information. But, you know, you hope he can go. I thought that in game two he might take the warm-up um, and see how he felt. So, to see him not out there for that was a little bit surprising. Uh, but, you know, he's obviously a really key part of their team, as is Eric Chernak. I think he's a guy that's kind of not being talked about enough for, for being out of the lineup. I mean, it's one of their big penalty killers against a team that has a pretty historically strong power play in Toronto. So uh, they're missing both those guys a lot right now. Hopefully they can get them back soon. Oh, sorry, was was he limping at all, Victor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I missed what you said about how he was walking, uh, how he looked. Was he happy, sad? No, I'm not, I'm not sure. We'll see how he does. I mean, I hope he can come back. He's a, he, Like I said before, he's just a key part of their back yeah. end, obviously, a really big player. And Chernak, has he had uh, concussion history? Like, it's it's tough to imagine that he'll come back. And I guess a similar question for Asimov, just where these guys are in terms of uh, availability the rest of the way. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think that's kind of a case-by-case basis sometimes. You just hope that, you know, that's an injury that you don't want to rush a guy back. It's not like a lower body or something like that. It's just something that you don't want to rush back. Could have an effect later on in his life. AC mom was back on the ice yesterday, though, skating uh, during the morning skate. So we'll see how soon he's able to come back and, and if he would be inserted into the lineup. You know, he got in because Juno was unable to play. I think he gives him a good spark. He has good speed. He's a feisty little player. Um, but, 
you know, they, they went out and gave up a lot of picks for Tanner Janot to be in the lineup as well. So uh, in terms of Chernak's availability, really can't give you much there. I don't know. I just, it, that was a, obviously a tough hit to watch, and hopefully he can recover pretty quickly. It's just, like I said, those kind of feel like they're case-by-case basis sometimes. Hey, last last night we had uh, a very tough crowd at the Scotiabank Arena led by um, a bumblebee behind the penalty box. Uh, what's Tampa Bay's answer to the bumblebee in game three? Is it uh, back to the Hulk, Hulk Hogan? What do you guys, what do you guys have in store for us? I haven't seen Hulk Hogan in a while um, at the games, actually. But, I mean, there is the, the one fan that he's been there since, man, I, I've lived, I lived in Tampa when I was younger, too. I can remember back in the 04 Cup, he was there, bald guy, he always has the sleeveless shirt, and he sits in the lower bowl, and he always goes down when they go to clean the ice uh, at the TV timeouts, and he's putting his mouth right there in the glass, yelling at the opposing goalie whenever he can. So I'm sure he'll be at the game, and Thunderbugs had some pretty good antics himself this year, <laughs> the mascot. So, uh, <laughs> They're gonna they're gonna do whatever they can to get get a little advantage down here on home ice. Well, given the uh, you know the history of this team and how they have rallied and bounced back, we know Vasilevsky had a long run, right, of his uh, bounce back performances. That was a bit of a story of the postseason last year. Um, how have you felt about the play of the stars there? Obviously, Vasilevsky being one of them, but Kucherov, Stamkos, the guys that they're gonna need to be great for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I think those guys are, are really good at pulling the group into the fight and playing playing their best hockey around this time of year, Kucherov in particular. You know, he's a point-per-game player in the playoffs, and I thought he's, he was dominant in game one, had some really nice plays with the puck, and you're right about Vasilevsky. I mean, he's, to me, one of the best players in all of sport at playing his best when the lights are brightest, and I think that's a talent in and of itself. And like you said, he's been able to bounce back in games time and time again. His numbers are ridiculous in some of those games after losses, so... Um, I'll tell you what, those the, the three um, Russian players on this team in Vasilevsky, Kucherov, and Sergachev, I mean, those guys all are really focused guys who are driven and want to be the best players at their position. So I don't think the Lightning are worried about any of them. And we know what Stamkos brings to the table with his leadership. And I think we all saw it at its best last year in the postseason, his willingness to do whatever it took to win. Uh, as a guy, you know, that throughout his career has pretty much been heralded as just a goal scorer and, and obviously a really good playmaker too. But he's laying in front of shots and, throwing the body around. So I know he'll be ready to go as well. Chris, really appreciate your time, man. Thanks for doing this. Uh, enjoy game three. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me. Yep. Thank you. All right. Uh, Carlton versus, what is it, the Bolt? Thunderbug, did he Thunderbug. say? Thunderbug. 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 Hell of a nickname. It's the call uh, me in high school. Give me some over-unders or oh. odds on that. Carlton gives him the people's elbow. It's night-night time for old Thunderbug. <laughs> A bear <laughs> has to eat a bug. Yeah, I think so. No? I like Carlton's chance. Yeah, he's got he, he also drove you somewhere once, so he's he our pal. He drove me to an yeah. NHL exhibition game. Uh, yeah, that, that's, the thing, that's the thing about that crowd down there. It doesn't, like, it, that that building is not one that scares me. Like, I know they're I got to tell you, that guy did not sound scared about anything. Gosh. About that, this Tampa, yeah, they're fine. They're perfect. They're fine. Oh, Chris that we yeah, just talked Chris, to? yeah. yeah. No fear. Well, he's, he's one of those spoiled, rotten reporters oh, who thinks yeah, they, they go to the Stanley Cup final it's, every year. I mean, to be fair, 
he's usually right. Yeah, yeah. Like, all it's he's like, seen is them. Yeah, they, for sure, for sure. They get, I'm just saying that's what happens when you constantly cover a team that wins all the time. But you know what I mean? It's like, hey, like they're missing two great players, and you know, Vasilevs, they're in trouble. He's like, nah, they they sorted out. They'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> he they went to the John Cooper School. <laughs> yeah. They never lose two games in a row You're in the playoffs, not a little bud. Alarmed? Yeah. yeah. Now, not even a little bit. All so, right. Yeah. You think people uh, That'd be nice if Toronto in Toronto are flocking like down to that game where there's going to be like 4,000 Leaf fans there? Oh, yeah. I mean, this time oh, of year yeah. is a great time. April in Toronto, beat it. Get around. Nice stretch. But... Round of golf and be back at the hotel by 4.30, shower. Nap. Nap. And then go to the game. Have a couple of <gasps> That's just a ones. dream. Yeah. That's the Michael Jordan plan, isn't it? Didn't they see a story about that, him playing golf on game day? Yeah, with JR. Yeah. With Jeremy Roenick. Yeah, yeah, it was about like that he would and Jeremy beat him 36, for having beers. Beat him for like two or four grand. Yeah. Double or nothing. Said, score fifty or whatever. He's I think he said forty. Yeah. And, and MJ put up fifty, yeah. right? Yeah. Beat the Cavs. That's just not right. That's that's built different right there. That's superstar status. I've I said prior to last night's game that the Leafs would go down there and probably split and we'd be coming back. Yeah, you said if they won last two, night, they're two. coming back 2-2. Two, two. I think the odds got better after <laughs> last night that they could come home 3-1. Well, I'm telling you, if you're, this is why you know, the, some of Chris's answers surprised me. Because if I'm Tampa Bay, it's like, we just got our asses handed to us. Excuse me. Uh, but also, the, you know, you're missing crucial people. The goalie doesn't look very good. It's If you're Tampa, I think you're feeling the heat at 1-1 here. And... Not to get ahead, but if Boston and Florida are going to beat the crap out of each other, I want to get out of this one as fast as I can. And I don't want Corey Perry and Maroon dragging us out for uh, seven games here. Like, those guys can't matter as much as they've mattered. It's just impossible. Perry, he got the Corey Perry hat trick last night. Scored a goal, got in a fight, and had the whole crowd chanting, he sucks. That's the Corey Perry hat trick. Oh, yeah. He loved it, I'm sure. Oh, how could he not? Did he have an assist last night, too? Do you have a Gordie Howe? He probably did. Hey, yeah, yeah. He, He's got two and two on the series, so he probably did. I'll find it. He was awesome again. All right. Uh, yeah. No assist. Did we mention anything about uh, Friday being uh, texts or YouTube questions or anything like well, that? I sent a tweet earlier today and got a bunch of responses. So... Uh, you want to start? I would like to start. Uh, do you, got to, you want to talk about any other series? Or you want to say that to the end? Uh, we'll probably get asked okay. some of the questions anyway. So um, this is an interesting one from Gerg on <laughs> Hell of a handle, sorry, Gerg. Can you spell that, please. G E R G. Gerg. Sans vowels. All right. Anyone else notice Sorelli? Took a hard hit, hit missed yeah. a couple shifts, yeah. then sat yeah, down on the pe- blue line. Usually he's a top PKer. He's out on the ice if he's feeling 100%. Surprised no one asked Cooper for his status post game. Did he collide with Austin did. at the blue line? Yeah. Tangled, yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. I don't know what's going on there. I know at the time uh, I had thought that maybe he had the wind knocked out of him. I saw someone speculating head stuff, which is much he's, worse. He's, he's he's wiry, he's strong, but he's not big or yeah, not carry a, a lot of hyper weight. durable. Yeah, he plays hard. He's a great hockey player, but that would be, I mean, that would be, a death sentence for Tampa Gerg, Bay. we noticed. We did notice. Gerg. Oh, yeah. Come on, Gerg. We noticed that kind of thing. Sorelli played, he's played the Matthews line the most. He's 
the most time on ice against them. So, uh, yeah, like I said, crucial to Tampa Bay. Okay, so this is from the Ghost of Grabo. Um, also a great handle. You love the Grabo Kuhlman line. Oh, I love I love Mikhail Grabowski. I too much. Realistically, where does Bunting fit into this lineup when not with Knives playing as well as he did and the lines looking so good? Say the Leafs keep the same lineup, win the next two games, and fifty eight is available for Game Five. Who are you taking out, and where does he play? Don't change a winning lineup. So he just doesn't get in. Doesn't get in. Forney. So I, I don't typically subscribe to that sort of thing, but if you beat Tampa three times in a row, you're mental to change anything. Correct. You know, like it's not like you win one game, you, you're down three nothing, you won a game, and one of your like best players is suddenly healthy or something. Like this is like he's a fringe guy. Here's what I'll say about Bunting in Tampa Bay that I think goes under discussed is that the type of game he plays makes Tampa Bay better. It it's right into their wheelhouse. It's like a guy who's excellent at hitting curveballs, dealing with a pure curveball pitcher. Bunting makes the game agitated, yappy, penalty filled. It's everything that's a strength of Tampa's. And you know who doesn't like that? The Leafs in general. No, yeah, above that though, Austin. Right. That's not good for Austin. Good point. Yeah, no, he doesn't want to be in scrums no. and talking no. to people. and No, no. He just wants to shoot it in the net. That's, That's actually a great point that I had never thought of. That, like, every time he's playing a punting. He's going to be like, oh, like, oh my this God. again? He's like, I shot one towards the net. No punting. good. No good for Austin. It's an interesting point that I had never even thought of. I also thought Yarncroc, even though he didn't do anything overly noticeable offensively last night, he works so hard. Like, he gets pucks. He's in on the forecheck. He does, he's in the right spots. Easy to play as long with. as a lot of other things are going well, yeah. yes. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, he's not ideal as first-line left winger, but compared to what Bunting offers. So anyway, to answer that question, if they win two more games, he doesn't get in for me. If it's 2-2, might have to look at how Aston Reese is playing and Nyes is playing. Otherwise, I don't know, unless Lafferty's a complete dog. But he has. Oh, Lafferty. He's been awesome. Fourth-line goal. Last night, all Lafferty. Yeah, and old and uh, Aston Reese got to pick up the change, poke it home. Yep. So, yeah, all three of them. It's, it's looking tough. It's a great spot for the Leafs to be in. Yeah, you love not having room for good players. Um, this one I just want to read to kind of make fun of. This is from Owen uh, Lamacraft on Twitter. As a Leaf fan, is there anything worse than Leaf fans after a playoff win? Same people that were leaving early game one were trying to jump into the box to fight guys. Then people on the street acting like we won the cup. Let's chill out. We still need 15 more wins. How about no? (laughs) It's the playoffs. We got to remind, is it Owen? Owen. That Sammy, you set the bar. I did? It's so low that everyone's following you. Well, I also think part of being a sports fan is getting to cheer for the ups like you feel the downs. Yeah, like not because every- there's hardly been any. <laughs> pressure yeah. pressure is a privilege, boys, for the fans too. Yeah. You know, you get to act like a, you know, go in the streets and have some fun. That's the whole point of this. It does add to the, um, I don't know, what's the proper way to phrase this? Um, white people hate Lee fans? What's that? That they're... 
See, I don't think the Leafs fans are over-celebrating compared to the next fan base. I, I see a lot of cynicism in the fan base. I see a lot of Owen. Yeah, like, Owen, like, you must be so sick at parties. But <laughs> this is also, you know, the overall perception of the jealousy and the grotesque uh, ability to spend money. Yeah, I will say, so I don't want to hear Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews in their interviews go, you like that? How good was game one? We're in a good spot, yeah. baby. But uh, <laughs> the fans, yes. the fans can do it. <laughs> yes. Oh, my so God. They're all busy with their uh, skip the dish commercials. Get paid. And their gambling commercials. Like, Get paid. They lead the league in endorsements. Oh, it, no You doubt. know what? Every time I see something like that, all I can think of is like, that has to be a draw when they're trying to get UFAs. Like, Ryan O'Reilly is in an Osmos commercial. Shout out Osmos. He is? Yes. Yeah, he yeah, he is now. I missed that one. <laughs> I, saw, yeah. I, I saw one pop up on the uh on my uh computer yeah. today. It's, it's, Where do they have time to do this? But this is great. Like, come here. Uh, I didn't pay nope. a lot of attention to that opening, but they also dragged him, I guess, to Massey, Massey Hall, Hall to yeah. do an opening for music. He's a he's Dallas a great Green guitar City player. In color. He's a great guitar player. Yeah, okay. I love that. Did that get you real pumped up for game two? (laughs) Yeah. Sammy? Yeah, I loved it. Good. I loved it. I was just smitten. But, like, people say I look like them, eh? Not not too many. Yeah, your mom? Not too many guys on other teams. Not too many guys on other teams get those same opportunities. These guys who have been knocked out consecutively in the first round. Yeah. Go get your Osmos right. money. Go, go get that hot go, shawarma dollar. Go get it. Uh, they hate just make sure that they skip the dishes uh. doesn't turn into skip the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Nolachari got a cookie commercial. Yeah, like I love that. I, hey, like, yeah, okay, you can come here and make The soup minimum. guy. Yeah, Micaiah. Yeah. 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 Let's see how many Campbell's hey. commercials. Hey, hey, Campbell. Hey, he plays in Vancouver. Have you noticed? And by the way, the extent of the soup thing was once in an interview. He said he, he likes soup. Like, I like soup. And they're like, oh, it's the soup guy. <laughs> Let's give you a Superman. commercial. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that really ticks off people outside of Toronto. Uh, great. Good. Great. I, that Wear makes it. me happy. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of pissing off people outside of Toronto, our uh, wonderful technical director, Derek Brandeo, told me that they are playing the Toronto Maple Police game on Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver tomorrow night. So that should go over well for the people of Vancouver. The radio. Yes. Yeah, a little, little fresh audio for the boys out there. <laughs> they just they love that. So <laughs> enjoy that, Vancouver. Yeah. I know you'll love that. Is, is there a reason why? Yeah. Good free content, baby. Sure, everywhere, man. Yeah. Anyways, um, what was I going to say here now? Okay. I think this is from Zardo on Twitter. I think Maroon, Perry, and Janot chirping back at fans while in the penalty box just shows that their confidence is a lot more shot than in previous years. Fans chirped the players from the, in every arena. They stooped a little low by showing it actually affected them. Hashtag in their kitchen. I actually think it's a fair point. Uh, no. No? No, it happens all the time. In November and February, games are okay, over. Okay, but it's April. And I know, but it be, and the microscope's... Big time now. Mm-hmm. So you watch every move. and But leaving the ice, guys get into it with fans and on the way back into the dress room. It just happens. It's just that, that competitive nature 
is always there. No one likes to lose a game in November, February, or April. If a fan's in your face, you're you're chirping back at him. It's not that uncommon. I will say, I love that Cooper doesn't make a big deal out of that stuff. He's not like, be a professional. We're setting, you know, he's like, he lets them kind of do their thing. He trusts Listen. the... <laughs> The worm brain. I love that, by the way. Yeah, the worm it's a, brain. It's also. I'm listening. Of Corey Perry and Pat Maroon. I don't know that there's two better players of the NHL at knowing when to be idiots and knowing when not to be idiots. They are exceptional idiots. And that, to me, shows their intelligence. They know when to do it. Okay, what did you guys Intelligent think? Intelligent idiots. Of, Elite idiots. Elite. Uh, a break in the action. Everybody saw it. Yeah. We know... Maroon giving his boy Ryan O'Reilly yeah. the stick in his glove. Loved it. I loved Ryan O'Reilly. Didn't even no look at reaction. Him. Didn't look at him. Dead straight. Didn't even look. No at him. reaction. But if I'm the league right now, I'm giving Pat a call. What are you talking? No, about? no, 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 no. I don't care if your buddies or not. You don't stick your. You don't put your stick in another team's bench. Yeah. You don't put it in someone's glove. You don't do any of that. I don't care if you guys go to Marineland or Canada's Wonderland during the summer, uh, whatever. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Nobody touches anybody on the bench with their stick. Yeah. Feels like a very, like a technicality. It's like no butterfly kisses. I like can't. they clearly are. Hey, a little... As a league, I can't decipher now who's buddies and who's not. Yeah. I, I understand that point. It's really tough to watch that moment and be like, you know, I get your point. You can't stick your stick in the bench. But uh, to Ryan O'Reilly's credit, I could not have done what he did with one of my best pals goofing around. No, I, I think part of the reason why Ryan O'Reilly uh, stayed stone face is because he didn't know how to react to it. Yeah. You don't want to engage Pat Maroon. You're on the other team. Scram beat it. Yeah. I don't care. Right now, we're enemies. I want to beat you up. I want to stomp on your throat right now. I can't believe how often Shen and Maroon get into it, given that they're kind of, you know, have a relationship. I think they seem to like each other. These guys, competitive, competitive nature. Yes. And uh, what other thing did I want to say? Just the whole Tanner, you know, thing Mm -hmm. is, did they give up five draft picks for him? Yes. One in every round. Oopsies. I didn't really notice him until he <laughs> went he against the fight. Luke Shen. Yeah. Like, was that... And then I know he came off of, like, oh, I almost, like, lost my leg moment, yeah. which give him full credit yeah, for being on the ice. Back you guys want, do you guys want to hear the bonesy call of the fight? If Yeah, yes, we'll be there in a yeah, second. Okay, good. But if if you are well enough to play, you have to have more of an impact than just... Yeah. Uh, a, a meaningless fight, or not a meaningless fight. He a fight didn't that, see any hits uh, or nothing. Yeah, nothing. He just non-impactful uh, return for him. And now his hand hurts. Want to hear the fight? Let's hear it. Okay, here we go. Joe Bowen and Luke Shen. And who is this? Oh, it's Tanner Janot. Wouldn't you, Janot? <laughs> Luke with a Whoa. left hand. Another left hand. Popped him right on the button. Another Whoa. left hand. Another left. And Luke Shannon tagged him a couple of times. They're still throwing punches, and now the linesmen move in. <laughs> wow. Good for Joe. That's awesome. Whew. That you know, gets it's, me fired it, up, boys. Someone uh, messaged us that 
you know, other fan bases seem to have the media that covers their team be fans of the team. I think he's referring to Jack Edwards or Jack Michaels or whoever you think the person who calls your regional games are that likes Listen, the you're team. You're an employee of the team. Right. It's okay. But I think the complaint was that Leafs fans don't get that. They don't get it anywhere, and other teams do, but Joe... Uh, oh, you just get world-class broadcasting yeah. from Chris Cuthbert and Craig Simpson? by the way, I do Simpson? want to give it a shout-out to yeah. how good Chris Cuthbert and Craig <laughs> yeah. Simpson were yesterday. But what you're and saying all the is time, Joe, Joe should still be calling the game for Leaf fans. I'm saying that this person enjoys having someone like that who is... You know, if you li- listen to that fight, you never know that Tanner Janot la- split him open. Luke with right. the left hand! <laughs> another left hand! Popped him right oh on the gosh. button! And it's Jack... It's- Jack in Edmonton, in Edmonton yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my, his call nice. reminds me of that comedian, um, Sam Kinison, where <laughs> no, he's like yeah. just talking. Jeez. I was like, <laughs> and then it just comes out. But some people want their hometown flavor <laughs> in their viewing, you know? And I get it. I, I do. And Holy they, like, But like Jack Edwards in Boston takes a beating from everybody uh, from except but a their Bruin fans. fan. 100%. And that's his job. It's, in many ways, it's a two-and-a-half-hour infomercial for the Boston Bruins. That's right. And I can't believe how good our people are. Like, Simmer is so on point with, you know, right after they score last night to make it 3-1, he's talking about the crucial moments that this is for this team and everyone's, you know, the air is out of the building. Like, he's setting the scene so well. It's just you get such a professional call. And, yeah, I think there are people, though, who wish they didn't get a professional call and they got that. Um, like when people tune in to Real Kipper and Bourne. Would they get a, what do we call it, a semi-pro call? Uh, I mean, I'm, get, the idiot. I'm the idiot. You guys can be the It's nice He's to have the this. semi. Yeah. <laughs> it's an amateur hour at its best. Right. <laughs> Sammy McKee. Okay. Sammy uh, McKee. Sammy McKee. I what, love it. What is, what is Nye's ceiling to you guys? Can he be Tom Wilson good for the Leafs in a couple of years? Gary from Saga. Uh, no. No. Okay. no. First of all, I take a close look at his face. He's, he's pretty. Maybe the sweetest guy you'll ever see. Uh, have you seen Tom Wilson's face? He's not exactly. <laughs> he's also a he's not a, he, he exactly an uncle. Uh, just, just no one hits him I as long as he doesn't fight. He just seems like a really pleasant person. I don't know if he's got that mean streak in him. I hope he does. You know, I think you can develop that given the confidence. Well, you know, I'll use as a kind word to put it. Given the confidence he has, you can develop that. Don't touch me. Yeah. He's so who confident. I am. Don't touch me. He is. You have to have that to play the way he's played. Yeah, early um, touches. Uh, Did you? I loved the moment last night, though. He's a player sh- that nice. they caught on the broadcast where Nyes got that penalty late on the when they were on the five on three, and his and mom he slashed the stick out of the hand. Penalty, clear penalty, and the look on his mom's face was just the look that a million hockey oh, moms she, you, across all places. She's just like. What are you, Matthew? Yeah, what are you doing? Like, I guarantee that she brought that up to him right oh, after the game. I actually thought yeah. of her because he mentioned, I think she's a doctor, nurse, or something, works in some sort of healthcare, and she says she's always worried about him getting hurt. And he had a, a moment, Nyes did, where he was working through something. Yeah, he twisted a knee or something. With a knee or an ankle or whatever, yeah. and I'm sure mom was watching yeah, going, he, he cringed a little bit uh, in between whistles. He was, you know, testing it and all that so hopefully nothing too impactful there yeah, but he kind of had like a weird little spill where he kind of like his legs went out from underneath him and yeah. he fell down so if fine. he can be half the player he was last night for them he's, it will be value uh, this postseason run a lot of comparisons of him coming in were with chris Kreider. yeah and i think he's a little different than that he's way better 
than Chris Kreider was With when he came in. Okay, yeah. I'm just speaking of early. Yeah. It took Chris Kreider, I think, a lot longer mm-hmm. to get to the point where he is. To me, Chris is this way. He is fast straight away, and he is big, and he stops the net front. Like, Nye's a lot of deception to his game. Yeah. What Nye's has for me is fast twitch. Yeah. yeah right, just a quick like. Yes. Ah, ah. For and big men. guys. And- he's, you know, east-west, east-west, and then north. Yeah. Yeah, he can go. So, what a showing. So, what's the ceiling? What's the ceiling? Uh, power forward. Like maybe. How many goals? 25? 30, 40 goals score one day. Yeah, maybe. That's exact range I'd have had. He can get over 30 at some point. Cool. But not Tom Wilson. Well, so Tom Wilson's just different. I don't think a Tom is like a puck carrier. Tom's got a streak. He's a eyes. four checker and yeah. he's a like hitter and he's a. Tom's know. eyes could roll back like a oh, he, slot machine at Casino Rama. The wires. He's a, he's a wire cross guy. Yeah. Um, Which is a different kind of value. The picker, Pickering Casino, I should say. Is that where he's from? Yeah, it's closer. <laughs> okay. Don't know my local casinos. A lot, a lot of questions about, you know, the, the greasiness of this series and them talking about Simmons getting into the, one of these games. You know, I got a text about that while we were on the show today. One of my I, buddies said he's getting Simmons in. Okay. The lineup's just, it's too good right now. Remember, Leaf fans, what, what you are, you're, you're, you're a skilled team. Last night was enough in the lineup that took care of the stuff that needed to be It's never going to be more than that, right? So, like, Wayne served a purpose from 1 to 82. Again, a lot can happen between now, game three, game four. Maybe he needs to come back in. Maybe he was. But it's just, it's not needed. You don't have to have that conversation going into game three. No. You don't, don't need the Wayne Simmons conversation. And without, you know, with Bunting coming back for game five, which is definitely going to happen in this series, you know, Wayne's likely not to get in the next two games. Bunting would be the next guy in. Like, it's a tough road for Wayne I, Simmons to I get in. I wouldn't necessarily say that. You, you'd see a world where Simmons would go ahead know. of him. I'd have to see where we are yeah. and what's missing and where where Bunting could fit in. Yeah. Gonna be interesting. He plays fourth line over Aston Reese. I, I don't oh, know. Well, maybe he's healthy scratched. Yeah. Um, wearing a bright yellow hoodie, front row at a Leafs playoff game is all I need to know about you. That's, Come on, man. That, WTF? That's Do, actually the most egregious thing. That's, that's Eric from my boy Eric in Georgetown, who plays defense for my team for sure. Every team, every guy, every person has a blue or a white piece of clothing. Do they not? Yes. The Bumblebee was hoping to get spotted. He was he's buzzing the, around the box. He's Marlins man, as he was. <laughs> yeah, he was buzzing around there, hoping to get spotted. So, um, the attention he was after. We talked about him. There we go. I don't really have a whole lot else here, boys. So, do you guys want to talk about the, the series last night? Yeah, tonight? I do. I do. I want to okay. talk about Vegas because uh, th- there was a stretch early in Game Two where you're like, oh, like Vegas is in trouble here. Mm-hmm. That it looked like, much like Seattle, where it was like. Winnipeg could come out of this up to nothing. Yeah. And then, I don't know, Mark Stone happened. Mark Stone. He had an assist to put them ahead, and then the fourth goal, and then the fifth goal, and he just took the game away. You know who's underrated? Is that William Carlson? He's He's a great playoff player, man. He's been great since he he got picked up in the expansion, I think, uh, from Columbus, if I'm not mistaken. Big guy. But just to touch on Mark Stone. 
He's so good. <laughs> yeah. He's so good. He's coming off, I guess, a major back surgery or back issue. You're never guaranteed with the back. Yeah. Like, it's almost like concussion-like where it's like sometimes you just don't know. But when he's going, as Austin says about Willie, when he's going, he's going. When he's going, he's going, right? And if Mark Stone's going here, it's going to make Vegas a a much tougher out. And he's so – he appears to me – I don't know him well. I've talked to him a couple times. But he is – he's got this – quiet arrogance, yeah, positive. He's one of those guys, much like Ovechkin sometimes, you think he's scored his first NHL goal. When you see the passion come out of the man and the emotion. He feels like a guy who's going to win a cup or multiple cups. Like he's just, he cares about winning so much. He's a passionate man. It's so passionate. Yeah. uh, And it's not a, a cocky, arrogant, it's just a pure passion this guy has. Yeah. I really enjoy watching him. There's one thing that he does better than almost anyone in the league, and it actually reminds me of Marner, is his ability to read plays and anticipation and yeah. pick pucks Great off and stick. go the other way. Yeah. Like, he's so, yeah. so good at that. And I think he's got a chance to come in and just alleviate some of the pressure off Eichel, too. Who did score his first playoff goal last night? He Eichel's better in. with Mark Stone there, 100%. No question. Everyone is, yeah. And not... Just for the obvious reasons, he's a great player, but it's that psychological thing of, yeah, he's the leader. He's mm-hmm. the guy, and I can just kind of maybe do my thing a little better here. Yeah. I mean, that decor of theirs is so good. They just need someone to score enough goals. I mean, Martinez, Petrangelo, McNabb, Theodore, Hag, White Cloud. They just need someone to score a little bit. Okay. Um, any concerns for the Boston Bruins? Finally. I you would, think they're nervous right now? Is this is this Almerkoff um, giving this, six up? No Bergeron. No in Bergeron Florida. on the trip. Uh, they may have to go to Swayman tonight. Like this is not the biggest adversity they've had all year. It is number one. I think. I think uh, if I was a Bruins fan, and but I mean I can't put myself in those shoes because of you know success. But I would be concerned heading into this game. The 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 Florida Panthers thoroughly outplayed us in two straight in games. In our barn. Yeah. And you're going down there shorthanded. Your goalie was just as bad as he's been all year. He's questionable for tonight. This is... I the think type this, of place they bounce back. For this, sure. This has been the type of place people go, oh, right, they're yeah. the Bruins. Yeah, like this is where they go down, they lose, they win like five zip, yeah. right? And they're, they're dominant. Or something. But if they go down there and lose this one... <sighs> oh, yeah, this is big. They're yeah. on their heels pretty significantly. Sounds like Bergeron won't be back till at least game, game five. five. Yeah. That escalated quickly. Sure yeah, I, I did also read something during the show here that it may be about his dad. So there's lots yeah. going on in his world. Right. So What a week, boys. Holy hell, hey. it's already Friday, eh? Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. God. We, uh, Not the All-Star yeah, break we're, And we're just getting started. 7-3-7-2 uh, to open the series. big numbers on YouTube. Another day where we cracked well over 2,000, I think, uh, watchers, viewers. Um, if, you got, if you're still sticking around, hit the like button. We love it when you guys do that. It's going to be a great weekend. Game three, Toronto and Tampa. Yeah. It goes Saturday, and then we're How back pivotal here is this one? Saturday, Monday? Yeah. yeah. How pivotal? Game three. I, it's crucial because I worry every game you don't win when Hedman is out is one game closer to Hedman not being out. I think you got to get him while you can. 
Leafs win Saturday. It's going to be a closer I, hockey I, game, I, I, I think guarantee. Gonna, I, think, I think Sammy's right. They're comfortable in that building. Yeah. You could see an overtime game here. Okay. Our thanks, as always, off the rails. Friday, Doug McLean, Chris Kren, Lightning beat writer. Enjoy the weekend. Stay safe, everybody. And we're back on Monday. Real Kipper and Bourne.